Handshakes and smiles for two world superpowers as Taiwan's future looms large. Details next, but first, your global headlines. He was as straightforward as he has been with me in the past. And I I think that uh, we understand one another, which is the most important thing that can be done. When Biden met Xi, the leaders from two of the world's biggest economies have met in Indonesia. So what happened when the US president met with China's leader? We've got a wrap up with our reporter in Asia in just a moment. Well, a baby born somewhere on Tuesday will be the world's eight billionth person. The UN chief says it's an opportunity to celebrate diversity and advancements, but it's also a chance to consider humanity's responsibility for the planet. Qatar was voted as one of the worst places in the world to be gay. Homosexuality is illegal, punishable by imprisonment. Also ahead, one UK comedian has taken aim at David Beckham for supporting the upcoming World Cup in Qatar. It comes as fake fans have been spotted online with hundreds seen with flags, painted faces and banners. The tournament set to kick off in a week's time. And Jay Leno is recovering in hospital after suffering serious burns at his LA home. The comedian and presenter fell victim to a fire in his garage but says he'll make a recovery in a week or two. TMZ had been reporting the 72-year-old's car had burst into flames. Live from our headquarters at Ticker Park to the world, this is Ticker News. Hello to our viewers around the world. Brooke Coles with you. More stories ahead on Ticker News this hour. 20 of the world's leading economies are in Bali for the all-important G20 summit. It's an opportunity for leading superpowers to improve relations and overcome economic challenges. Global health architecture, digital transformations and energy are all the theme for this year's meet. But the summit also comes at a time of great tension and conflict. Russia's President Vladimir Putin will not be attending. Instead, Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov will take his position. The historic meeting will be an opportunity for world leaders to come face to face in a bid to stabilise their relations. But there is no doubt the war in Ukraine and lingering pandemic will be key themes as well. Front and centre though is President Biden's meeting with China Xi Jinping as the two leaders attempt to cooperate. President Biden and Xi Jinping have met for over three hours with both vowing to try and avoid conflict and improve relations. Adam Hancock has the latest from Singapore. It's finally happened. The leaders of two of the world's biggest superpowers have sat down for face-to-face talks in Bali. Remember, that's the first time that that has happened since Mr. Biden took office. And it was a warm start to proceedings. There were handshakes smiles for the cameras and in their opening remarks as well Mr Biden said they should both manage their differences and prevent competition from becoming anything ever near conflict and President Xi was seemingly very much of the same mindset he talked about wanting to elevate the relationship between the US and China interestingly he also talked about the importance of meeting face to face and that's noteworthy considering he's barely left China since the pandemic started of course there was plenty for them to discuss some controversial topics such as Taiwan And with tensions so strained recently between Washington and Beijing, it will be interesting to see if these talks can move in some way to kind of soften the relationship between the two countries. Elsewhere, and there was a bizarre incident involving the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, 
There were reports in Indonesia that he'd been hospitalized in Bali. Those reports were dismissed by the Russian foreign ministry, who called them fake. They also posted a video of Mr. Lavrov sat talking to the camera. Now, remember, he is in Bali in place of Vladimir Putin, who declined his invitation to attend the summit. But despite that, there will be plenty of talk about the conflict between Russia and Ukraine in the coming days. One man who's been very strong on Putin and Russia is the new British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. He made some very strong comments, very firm comments on the plane over to Indonesia. It will be interesting to see how Mr. Sunak gets on. This is the first real major global event for him since he took over from Liz Truss just a couple of weeks ago. Elsewhere, and Anthony Albanese will be meeting with President Xi. That will be interesting because obviously Australia and China have had their own tensions in recent times. There's also going to be talks about food security, energy security and health as well. So plenty of talks in the coming days. Obviously, lots of fraught relationships between members of the G20 at this time. So it's going to be fascinating to watch what happens. Reporting from Singapore, Adam Hancock for Ticker News. Following on from President Biden and Xi's meeting, we hear from the US leader. Here's a little of what he had to say. So there's no misunderstanding. That's the biggest concern is I have is a misunderstanding about intentions or actions on each of our parts. So we went into, I look at my team, how long did that meeting last? Three and a half hours. He was as straightforward as he has been with me in the past. And I, I think that we understand one another, which is the most important thing that can be done. Well, a baby born somewhere on Tuesday will be the world's eight billionth person. The UN chief says it's an opportunity to celebrate diversity and advancements, but it's also a chance to consider humanitarians' responsibility for this planet. Ticket News spoke with Dr. Jane O'Sullivan, who has authored a briefing note for sustainable practices. I think it's disappointing that the UN isn't emphasising the deficit that we have been um, experiencing in extending family planning to the high fertility countries and helping them to reduce their birth rate fast enough to avoid hunger because the number of people who are hungry in the world has been increasing lately and this is very much due to the rapid population growth particularly in sub-Saharan Africa. Qatar has been accused of paying hundreds of fake fans to parade for the cameras. Foot footage shows football supporters filling the streets of Doha a week before football's biggest tournament kicks off. Hundreds have been seen with flags, painted faces and banners. But it's not clear whether these fans live in Qatar or if the parades have been staged. The supposed fans have been spotted uh, celebrating from Portugal, Ghana and Tunisia. It comes as a whole host of stars have taken aim at a major sporting event. Pop sensation Dua Lipa is denying reports she is due to perform in Qatar. On Instagram, she says, I'll look forward to visiting the country when it has fulfilled all of the human rights pledges it made. Meanwhile, a British comedian has issued a very public ultimatum to World Cup ambassador David Beckham. This is a message to David Beckham. I consider you, along with Kim Woodburn and Monty Don, to be a gay icon. You were the first premiership footballer to do shoots with gay magazines like Attitude, to speak openly about your gay fans, and you married a Spice Girl, which is the gayest thing a human being can do. But now it's 2022, and you've signed a reported £10 million deal with Qatar to be their ambassador during the FIFA World Cup. Qatar was voted as one of the worst places in the world to be gay. Homosexuality is illegal, punishable by imprisonment. 
A crypto collapse has sent shockwaves through the industry, prompting fresh calls to regulate the entire sector. One crypto executive is calling for clearer regulations right across the sector as well. Changpeng Zhao is the boss at Binance who wants a better way for companies to operate. He's been telling stakeholders that the sector shouldn't be cutting corners. It comes as the industry looks to deal with the collapse of rival exchange FTX. The exchange filed for bankruptcy after customers pulled all their assets. It comes as police in the Bahamas investigate the company for possible criminal misconduct. Simon Chadwick, who is the head of Loop Learn, joined Ticket earlier and says a collapse this big never should have happened. It should never happen like this. I mean, um, especially in the in the crypto space, right? So they're not banks, right? They're the crypto exchanges that are, are custodian solutions that are meant to, you know, hold assets for users and they're meant to, you know, users are meant to be able to trade and then, um, you know, their, their assets are managed by obviously the exchanges. In the US, the fight for control of the House is neck and neck. There are still over a dozen congressional races that remain uncalled with control of the House hanging in the balance. Here's Ticker US correspondent Ronica Dudo in New York. The all-important 2022 midterm elections have come and gone, yet there are still 19 races that have yet to be called. So the question remains, who will control Congress? As Republicans inch closer to capturing a majority of seats in the U.S. House of Representatives, there are still 19 races yet to be called that will determine how close the margins could be for the party should it ultimately prevail. A party must win 218 seats to win a majority in the 435-seat body, a feat appearing to be within the grasp of the GOP who have now won 212 seats so far to Democrats' 204. Republicans are expected to gain only a narrow of majorities. Looking at the U.S. House of Representatives, Republicans made gains on Sunday in Arizona's 6th Congressional District and California's 41st District, and their incumbent in Arizona's 1st District pulled into the lead. Democrats would need at least two and possibly all three of those seats to retain a House majority. The political weight of the midterm elections will ultimately decide what does and does not get done in Washington, D.C. over the next two years. Reporting in New York for Ticker News, I'm Veronica Dudo. Jay Leno is recovering in hospital after suffering serious burns at his LA home. The comedian and presenter fell victim to a fire in his garage but says he'll make a recovery in a week or two. TMZ had been reporting the 72-year-old's car had burst into flames. It's believed Leno owns around 180 vintage cars and a range of old motorcycles too. He was taken to a burn centre in California and had pulled out of a conference appearance in Las Vegas. He was expected to appear as the opening night performer at the event for attendees who had a gold pass ticket. How much would you pay for a pair of grubby second-hand Birkenstocks? Well, someone has paid over $200,000 for a pair owned and worn by Apple tycoon Steve Jobs. It's the highest price anyone has ever paid for sandals. The brown shoes were expected to tip $60,000, but it certainly exceeded all expectations. An imprint of his foot is forever marked on the sandals and was known as a favourite throughout the 70s and 80s.